Well, hello, Jer. Today I'm going to talk about Niall of the Nine Hostages. As someone who is interested in genealogy, I am interested in the story of Niall and the Nine Hostages. I've often wondered what the hostages were for, and indeed, why were there nine of them? But let's begin with Niall himself. He lived in the late 4th century and the early 5th century. He was a fierce warlord, and it was he who captured a young boy and brought him as a slave to Ireland. That young boy later became the patron saint of Ireland, St. Patrick. He preached Christianity and changed the course of Irish history, of what had been until then a pagan land. Niall is famous for the fact that he was very prolific and fathered many children who all had the famous surname O'Neill. O'Neill means son of Niall. In a survey, it was found that one out of every five men in the northwest of Ireland and one out of every 12 men in the whole of Ireland have the same DNA as that ancient Irish warlord and king. Also, because of the great emigration of Irish people to America at the time of the famine, one in 50 New Yorkers, of those who have Irish ancestry, of course, that is the O'Connors, the O'Reillys, the Flynns, the Quinns, the Bidens, etc., have also been found to have the same genetic signature as Niall. Now, isn't that amazing? Among the descendants of Niall, we find famous people such as St. Columba, also known as St. Columkill. He was the great-great-grandson of Niall, and as a result, he belonged to the nobility. Families such as the O'Higgins and even the McSweeney's claim descent from the O'Neill dynasty. My great-grandfather was an O'Neill. My grandmother was an O'Neill. My great-grandmother was an O'Higgins. And my great-grandfather was called Niall. So I think I really qualify as a member of the clan. The fact is, the name O'Neill has spread throughout the world. Geneticists from Trinity College Dublin have found that 21% of men from Northwest Ireland and 8% from all Ireland all bear the same Y chromosome haplotype. Not surprisingly, there are also quite a substantial percentage of men in Scotland who also share this Y chromosome. Lisha Moore et al., who carried out their research at the Smurfit Institute of Genetics at Trinity University, Dublin, tested 800 males and concluded that the two or three million men who share this chromosome all descend from a single medieval progenitor. Although they didn't mention Niall by name, it would be obvious that he was the man who started all this. In fact, he is obviously the most fecund man in Irish history and head of the most powerful dynasty in ancient Ireland. The results of this research project are published in the American Journal of Human Genetics. Why was he called Niall of the Nine Hostages? Well, Geoffrey Keating, in his Forest Fassa Er Ering, which means History of Ireland, tells us that Niall of the Nine Hostages 
received five hostages from the five provinces of Ireland, Ulster, Munster, Leinster, Connacht and Meath, and four from Scotland. And that makes up the nine. You may remember me telling you in a previous podcast that I believed I was a princess because I came from a line of the O'Neills. I had come to this conclusion after reading about the Battle of Kinsale in which the two Hughes, Hugh O'Neill and Hugh O'Donnell, had played important roles. It was after their defeat that many of the noble families left Ireland, although Hugh O'Neill remained hoping that Hugh O'Donnell would return with help from Spain. That was not to come. Hugh O'Donnell died in Simancas near Valladolid. The 410th anniversary of his death was celebrated there recently. Hugh O'Neill remained in Ireland until 1607, but he realised his life was in danger. He left Ireland on the 14th of September 1607 with his brother Cathbar, his son, who was also called Hugh, and Rory O'Donnell, Earl of Chirconnell, and 99 other followers. They made their way to Rome, but shortly after, misfortune struck again. Only one year later, on the 29th of July, 1608, Rory O'Donnell died. And some months later, that same year, on the 24th of September, O'Neill's brother, Cathbar, also died. Tragedy struck once again when Hugh O'Neill's son died the following year on the 23rd of September, 1609. It must have been a tremendous blow to Hugh O'Neill, Prince of Ulster, who still had hopes of returning to Ireland with reinforcements. However, he was not able to make that journey. He himself was not in good health. He also died in Rome on the 20th of July, 1616. He is buried together with his son Hugh, his brother Cathbar and Rory O'Donnell, in the Spanish Franciscan Church of San Pietro de Montorio in Rome. There is a big stone with his name on the left side of the high altar. It is a place which is often visited by Irish tourists to Rome. The O'Neill descendants in Ireland lost their lands and many went to France, Spain and Portugal. The family of Shane O'Neill who was born in Rich Hill Village, Kilmore, County Tyrone, went to live in Portugal. Shane, in Portuguese, known as Chao O'Neill, he died in 1788. But a descendant of his, Jorge, which is Portuguese for George, Jorge Maria O'Neill, in 1896, submitted his genealogy to the Somerset Herald in London. Five years later, he was notified that his case had been verified as the head of the House of O'Neill. So Jorge O'Neill was recognised worldwide by Pope Leo XIII, by the King of Spain and the King of Portugal, as the Prince of Clandeboy, Tyrone, Ulster, and as the Count of Tyrone and the head of the Royal House of O'Neill. The Chief Herald of Ireland recognised the O'Neill family in Portugal as the Princes of Clanaboy in 1945. If only they had waited for a few more years, I might have been able to submit my own claim. But Jorge Maria O'Neill's son, Hugo, 
Ricciardo O'Neill, is the present head of the clan, but he has not pressed his claim to the entire house of O'Neill out of respect for his O'Neill chief cousins and their own histories who are still living in Ireland. The coat of arms of the O'Neills is a red hand on a yellow background. The hand is the left hand, and the story behind it has many versions. But what is common to all versions is that there was a dispute over who should rule and own Ulster. It was to be settled by seeing who could swim across the water, and the winner was to be the owner of the first hand to touch the land. Whether it was a competition between two brothers or between many is disputable. But the fact is that O'Neill, who was a strong swimmer, found himself losing ground to a competitor. And so he cut off his left hand with his sword and threw it onto the shore. The hand was covered in blood. But as it was the first hand to touch the land, that meant that O'Neill was the winner. So now you know why the hand on the flag is red. Incidentally, the red hand also appears on the flag of Ulster today, but on a white background.